0: Well, I invite you to turn with me, as you hopefully already have, Psalm 146. We're continuing looking at certain passages throughout the Bible that tell us what it means to be blessed. And we have one of those Old Testament Beatitudes here in Psalm 146. So be on the lookout for it as we read God's holy, inspired, inerrant, infallible word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. And on that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. The word blessed means happy or fulfilled or flourishing. And people today consider themselves to be blessed and they most often note that their lives are blessed when they have wealth and material possessions, when they experience good health, And when they have uh, good relationships. If you are a person who has those three things, uh, most people would consider you blessed. And I'm sure that you would consider yourself blessed to have uh, wealth, health, and and good friendships and, and family relationships. Well, those things are certainly blessings. There's no doubt about that. But how does the Bible describe the blessed person? Because often the, the values uh, the, vi- the Bible puts forward are not the same that the world puts forward. And so we want to be careful. And that's what we've been looking at over these past few weeks. What does the Bible say about being blessed? And today we come to this psalm, Psalm 146, where it tells us in verse 5 Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is is in the Lord his God. And I want to focus in on those ideas of help and hope. And first I want to show you that help and hope are divine blessings, as we just read here in this, verse 5 there. Help and hope are not found in human governments. And thirdly, help and hope are found in the kingdom of God. Well, first we see here that Help and hope are uh, divine blessings. That's what uh, the psalmist says here about what it means to be blessed. In reference to uh, what he's bringing before us, uh, he says that 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 you are blessed if you find your help and your hope in the Lord, in God. Help, meaning assistance, the act of supplying what is need to another. We we often need help in our lives. In fact, if we really are honest with ourselves, we're, we're quite helpless and we need help. And I think we know that we need help. We don't like to admit that we need help often, do we? I think of uh, myself when I'm lost, which is often driving the car because I have no sense of direction. But very unwilling an uh, unwilling spirit, un- stubborn about asking for help, asking for directions. and I'm sure there are people here who would affirm that, um, but help, we all need it. We need to look somewhere for help, and we do look somewhere for help, even though it's hard for us to admit that we do. And hope hope uh, Hope is a looking forward. Hope is uh, looking forward with the expectation to a good. And beneficial state, we we have hope. We we think about the future, and you know, there's something there that we are are looking forward to or hoping it is going to be wonderful. That's what hope is. So the question we are faced with today is, where do you look for help? Now, it's no accident that the psalmist mentions the God of Jacob. Jacob was a person who needed some help. You may remember his life story. If not, to sum it up very quickly, uh, he was a bit of a scoundrel when he was younger. His name means something like usurper. Uh, He was was always taking what wasn't his and and putting himself in a position uh, that uh, didn't belong to him. He cheated his brother out of his birthright. He deceived his father for his blessing. And he had to, to go out on the lamb because uh, his father or his brother was out to kill him. And, you know, when he went out and he encountered other people, it's like everything that he did to his family came back on him. You know, he had to work in order to, to, to uh, get a wife uh, from Laban. Uh, he, was, he fell in love with Rachel and, and uh, he had to work seven years for her. And then when he finally did get married, it was to the sister, uh, Leah. And you remember that uh, that was a big disappointment for him and caused all kinds of problems in his life. And so he and Laban went back and forth. So he got uh, quite abused uh, after being the one who had cheated others. And we find that the Lord transformed his life. And later in his life, uh, God tells Jacob to go to Bethel. And he's going to uh, kind of re iterate the covenant promise that he had given to his grandfather Abraham to Jacob and so he says to Jacob go to Bethel and so he turns to his family and says let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone and Jacob obviously had gotten off the rails off the track in his life, but God was patient with him and God would not let him go. And, and now uh, a humble Jacob is saying, he is the God who answers me in the time of my distress. And he did have a lot of distress in his life. Where do you turn in distress? Where do you turn when you need help? Well, the Bible here tells us you are blessed if you find your help in the God of Jacob. So that's the first thing. Hope is the second thing. Where do you you look for hope? As you look forward to the future, what are you hoping it will look like? Well, the Bible says here that you are blessed if you place all your hope in the Lord God. We need to be reminded of this because human beings have a tendency to look for, the, for help and hope in the wrong places. But help and hope are truly divine blessings. We should look to the, to the Lord for help and hope. And that's what the psalmist is telling us because he knows we have this problem. We know we have this temptation. This psalm actually exposes a great temptation that, that human beings have. And that is back at verse 3. Uh, look at verse 3 there. It says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is No salvation. We tend to look to human messiahs, human human influencers for help and hope. Uh, We put our trust in princes, in those who are in high positions. But it is just another son of man, uh, a fellow human. Uh, This human may have some sort of influence. But the Bible says don't put your trust there. Don't put your confidence in these people. So what are we looking for in these human messiahs? Well, it says here, don't look to those princes and those sons of men. There is no salvation there. Don't look for them to them for salvation. Now, what is salvation? That word means deliverance, help, safety, victory. Well, what do we need deliverance from? What are we looking for the, to these human messiahs, what kind of deliverance are we looking for? Well, if you look at verses 7 through 10, there it sheds light on some human concerns that are addressed by God. We see their justice. We want justice for the oppressed. We see their provision, food for the hungry, he mentions. Freedom, health, prosperity, security, All these things are mentioned there in verses 7 through 10. Well, that sounds like a lot of the concerns we have today, doesn't it? You know, you turn on the evening news or, you know, read anything about uh, the politics today. People are concerned about jobs, the economy, racism, immigration, health care, crime. And those things are addressed here in the psalm. But he's telling us, don't look to princes. Don't look to a human Messiah for helping these things. And that's exactly what we're doing, isn't it? Uh, He says here the word princes, and I think that's important. I may be reading a bit much into this, but he doesn't say kings, you know. He doesn't say, you know, don't put your trust in a king. I think he's careful about the language that he's choosing. Who's a prince? Uh, A prince is the person who's going to be king. You know, the, 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 the person who's going to be king. Now, when he becomes king, then things are going to change. Things are going to be much better when he becomes king. And college football started uh, yesterday, or this past week. And uh, when your team is not playing well, especially if your quarterback is struggling, the most popular player on the team, for the fans at least, is the backup quarterback. You know, if that guy got in, it would be, it would be completely different. The the team would be better if the backup quarterback came in. Well, it's kind of what he's telling us this about princes. You know, we're looking for somebody to come in and fix what's currently going wrong. If you look at our last four presidents, President Clinton, President Bush, President Obama, and President Trump, all of them have run and won their first race to be president as change candidates, change candidates, they promised change and people responded to that because we want someone to come in and fix things, to make it better. And the first three, President Clinton, Bush and Obama, they won re-election because they needed more time to enact their changes, give them four more years, you know. So they'll come in and fix things, finish fixing things. And then the next guy comes in and erases everything that the previous one did, right? Kind of goes along with verse 4. When his breath departs, this prince that you're putting your trust in for salvation, he returns to the earth, and on that very day his plans perish. Or if we wanted to paraphrase it for our presidents, after his term ends, everything that he did is erased by the new president. You know, all of his plans come to nothing. You know, we're generally negative about the direction of our country and, and we, we look to presidents to fix it. When we look at our lives and we think about the problems that we have or experiencing, um, we might look to the government to fix those things. Or at least when we're thinking about what our hope is. You know, we want to have a country where we can make a nice living, where we can be comfortable, where we can feel secure. Uh, where uh, we can be well cared for where we can ha- we have good health care all of these things obviously are concerns of today but who are we looking for to do that we're looking to earthly earthly governments to do those things for us well the The psalmist here tells us that help, true help, and true hope are not found in human governments. Now, that's not to say that human government is not important. God instituted human governments, and we need human governments. Uh, they, They are part of God's plan for the world. Romans 13, for example, talks about human government. But human government wasn't created to give us salvation. God's kingdom... God's regime, God's rule is where we find those things. And that brings me to the third thing. Help and hope are found not in human governments, but in the kingdom of God. If you look at uh, Jesus' ministry, when he first began his ministry, you know, he, he began to preach. And what did he say? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. There's a new kingdom breaking in. And the values of that kingdom are very different than the values of the world. If you look at
1: those verses
0: from verse 5 onward, I think the psalmist is telling us to say to stop and think rationally about this thing who is the one who can provide us help and hope well it's the 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 lord god verse six who made heaven and earth he created this world and if we ignore him and don't acknowledge him we're ignoring and not acknowledging the creator the one who made it it would be foolish to Ignore him and not listen to him and not look to him for help and hope because everything that he created is moving towards the end for which he created. it. He's the one who has the plan of history and it's all going to come down as he has decided it's going to come down. So we should be looking to him who made heaven and earth, the sea. The sea in Old Testament is often uh often a, a metaphor for chaos the sea was a chaotic place and i think it's no accident that the psalmist here notes that god made the sea he made the sea he, he's in control of all these things even when it seems chaotic see all that it, is in them and he keeps faith forever he never breaks his promises. Can you say that about our earthly leaders? They they break more promises than they keep, don't they? They'll say anything to get elected. But God keeps faith forever. He executes justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. Here's that list. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. He watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. See, this is what life in God's kingdom looks like. Now, of course, we live in this broken world, and the kingdom uh, has come into it, but it's not taken over the world, obviously. But when Christ returns, it will, and that's exactly what it's going to look like. It's going to be all justice, fairness, provision. There's going to be no brokenness, no sin, nothing. Now, the church, in these times in which we live, where we live in an earthly kingdom, we're citizens of this land, but as believers, our citizenship is in heaven. So we have this dual citizenship. And as we live in this land, or whatever land we live in, if we're believers, our greater loyalty is to heaven. To be citizens of that kingdom and to live in this kingdom with the values of the heavenly kingdom. The church is an embassy for that kingdom. You know, an embassy is a, is a, a, a building usually in a in a foreign land where the interests of for America, for example, are protected and we have ambassadors who work at those embassies and they represent the United States and other countries in the world. Well the church and believers, the church is an embassy and believers are ambassadors for Christ in this world in which we live. 2 Corinthians 5 talks about that. Paul says we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So if we want to be a part of that kingdom, the kingdom that lasts forever, you know, America's going to come to an end one day. And all the other countries of the world are going to come to, to, to an end one day. But all those citizens... Who are part of God's kingdom, they'll live forever because God's kingdom is going to go on forever and ever and ever. He's got an everlasting dominion, an everlasting kingdom with those wonderful values that we read here in verses 5 through 10. The Lord will reign forever, verse 10. He's going to reign forever. And if we are looking to Him for help and hope, we will never be disappointed. But in the meantime, as we think about this kingdom that we can't see uh, in, inside an earthly kingdom, the question is, you know, do we, if we really want to have help and hope, how do we get into that kingdom? That's the question. Do you want to be a citizen of that kingdom to find your help and your hope in the Lord? Well, as Jesus said when he first started preaching, repent. Repent turn from sin. You live in a kingdom that is, in, that, is, that is at war with the kingdom of God. And you have to turn from those, that kingdom and, and from your allegiance to yourself and turn and come to the Lord and pledge your allegiance to him. Give your life to him. Bow the knee to him and turn away from sin. Repent Uh, and believe in the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news about Christ, that one who knew no sin came to earth and he died so that we could become citizens of the kingdom, so that we can be washed and cleansed and, and made holy, so that we could be welcomed into God's kingdom, into God's family. It comes through crying out to the Lord for deliverance. Lord, save me. He's the only one that can save you. Cry out to him. He will welcome you into his kingdom, and you'll become a citizen of that kingdom. And you will be living your life reflecting the values, at least we should be, reflecting the values of that kingdom that we will be looking at in coming weeks. We're going to do a series on, or I'm going to do a series on kingdom, and what it means to be a part of that kingdom, and what are the values of the kingdom, and Really everything the Bible talks about when it talks about the kingdom of God, I think that would be a valuable study for us. So today, as we think about this psalm and where our help and hope is, we, we, we are blessed only when we put our help and hope in Christ and His kingdom. Earthly kingdoms won't save us. Yeah, they'll make life better or worse, depending on you know, what, which way the wind blows it seems like. But God's kingdom is going to be forever. And it's only when we're part of that kingdom, reflecting the values of that kingdom, worshiping the God of that kingdom, are we truly blessed. If you don't know where you are today in response to that, you know, that's, well, that's good that you can admit that. But all you have to do is call upon the king and he will save you. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I I leave you with that word because, well, I'm not leaving, <laughs> but I I, let, I, I I want you to take that to heart that God is a king. You know, you, you can't call the president. You can, you can, and maybe you can get through to him. I doubt it. But you can always cry out to the Lord, and he always will hear you. So cry out to him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you today, and we thank you for this word from you. And we do pray, Lord, that we wouldn't just look to the government to, to give us a life of hope, but that we would we would look to you for more than this world can give, that which you have promised to us, Lord, a new heavens and new earth, free of sin, free of death. Lord, we pray that, that as we look forward to that future, that our lives would be affected in how we live today, that we would, uh, as... As, as you say here, uh, that we would be proponents of help and, and be those who serve our fellow human beings and most importantly, Lord, those who point our fellow human beings to the one true King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.